0: It's 4.06, and you're listening to 4 O'Clock Talk, Northern Arizona's more stimulating talk, 877-971-1051. And now your host, Rick Crude.
1: Here it is in Flagstaff, and I feel like I'm in Phoenix with this weather. I love it, Flagstaff. This is good. I love it hot. I love it warm. I love it sunny. I'm loving this. However, (laughs) I'm also at day 53. three day 53 with no response whatsoever from the pro minimum wage coalition all i'm asking them to do is call me somebody that believes in a $15 an hour minimum wage forced $15 an hour minimum wage please contact me at 877-971-1051 or you can email me you know it's safe it's it's safe and i want to listen i am a, a, a reporter a a uh, media person of integrity, if you email me and say, do not reveal my name, I promise you, I will not. So you can email me at rick at rickkrug.com, R-I-C-K at R-I-C-K-K-R-U-G dot com. I would love to have anybody on that believes we ought to force the $15 amount uh, minimum wage. Day 53, nothing. I don't know where they are. I just don't know where they are. So today, oh, this is going to be good. <laughs> we're going to talk about religion we're going to talk you know it's the it is that, pastor tim it's the it's not the third rail of public discussion it's the it's the deadly rail you know there's religion and politics mother-in-law uh, your wife's waist size right i mean there's things you just don't talk
2: about and you talk about religion, religion you get people irritated you really get them quick.
1: irritated but we're going to talk about religion we're going to do it openly honestly uh, and I got to tell you, uh, uh, this is Tim Masters, Pastor Tim Masters, uh, with the
2: Victorious Life Christian Center right Excellent. here in Flagstaff.
1: Victorious Life Christian Center here in Flagstaff,
2: and you're the pastor of that church, correct? Yes, yes. Great. My wife and I founded the church five years ago, right here in Flagstaff. Really? Started five. The, ye- that's it. Started church five years ago, just her and I, and and now
1: we have. Uh, Where we were have, you before Flagstaff? I was living in Phoenix. Okay. Actually, Gilbert. Gilbert. Mm-hmm. And uh, what is your credentialed background you know your training in i i
2: have a bachelor's a master's a doctorate i've been to in what in in ministry okay. theology so i have it uh, in you know all the areas that i talk about and deal with biblical or, studies where did you go to school uh faith friends christian university in merced california
1: is uh, Friends as in the Friends Church, Quakers, that no. kind of relationship? No, it's Friends International. They just call okay. it Friends
2: International because it's it's basically, that's what Christians are supposed to be, is friends. Okay, okay. See, so I, friends, sometimes you don't
1: know, yeah. you know. Go ahead and talk right into that mic sure. because it's, you know, even if you're an inch away, it sounds like you're across the room. So, do I need to call you Dr. Lord, high God, Timist, the master, man, what do I do? Most uh, of the church calls me pastor. pastor. Some okay. people call me Tim. What's pastor? Well, what kind of title is that?
2: Pastor, it just means shepherd. It, that's, that's all it means. Nothing more, nothing less. The very simplistic term, servant.
1: Servant, okay. So you are uh, a pastor of the church, th- but you're a leader of the church, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. yeah. You and your wife founded it. Did you bring a team with you?
2: Nope, just okay. her and I. Just, just you two? Just her and I started January uh, January 10th. Wow, January 3rd, 2010. That's and would what did you, you
1: do? Knock doors? How did you do this? Uh,
2: we started just the day Big Talker Radio started. We were on the radio. We were on Christian radio. We were in the newspaper, just putting a message of hope and strength and victory out there. And, and people liked the message, and now we've got several hundred people that come to
1: church. So I like to uh, discuss a little bit with the uh, my two listeners about what... I, why i'm doing each show mm-hmm. why is this important well i think this is important not because i agree or disagree with the christian faith uh, that although i you know that's a that's my thoughts on that i would love to have anybody sitting in the other seat as sure. you are that has different views yeah. on anything you clearly have strong views yeah. on what you believe correct Great, very, very very strong if views, i said you yes. love your wife mm-hmm. yeah you love, love my wife very it, strong immensely. right it's okay You love your kids. Love the kids and love the Lord equally. Okay, yeah. So you have strong views, obviously, as as many of us do. Mm -hmm. However, right now in our culture, there seems to be a trend toward um, not holding in any kind of high value religion of any kind. I mean, uh, you know, not just Christianity, but religion in general. In fact, I suspect that uh, you ruin a lot of conversations by telling people you're a pastor, right? The difficulty you have
2: with, <laughs> the you have with religion, Rick, is that with religion comes the other R word. And it's the word that we have been trying to escape desperately for decades, if not for you know, centuries. And that is the other R word, which is responsibility. When I bring religion into something, that means I'm bringing morals. That means I'm bringing ethics. That means I'm bringing uh, credibility and Should structure. Should to, have tos, need to. Exactly. All those things. And the reality is it's, it's no longer that I can like what I like. It's that I have to sit down and say there's a rule. There's a parameter. There's some kind of structure that I have to work my life within. And there's not a single person. We're creatures of self-preservation. And I want to do what I want to do, regardless of what somebody else says. And that's the problem you have with the quote-unquote term religion. It says, now I have regulation, I have structure, I have rule, and we don't want that.
1: So, you know, um, there's a big fight for this idea of the separation of church Mm -hmm. and state. And where I think both sides of that argument go wrong is there's no such thing as a separation of church and politics. There's no ch- separation of church and culture. Mm-hmm. the state can't mandate nor support right, but the discussion is not private, is it
2: right when you study that that concept, the separation of church and state, it came it came from you know centuries ago when when they were setting up the structure of the government, and they had a very America, whether people like it or not, was founded on godly principles. You can't find any part of America. That isn't established on the principles of God. You go to the DC, you the God go no,
1: that which God? The, the God, God of, of, of the, the Bible. Bible, okay. Yeah, yeah I and, want to be clear about that because exactly. because when people talk about this, and I, and I want to I want mm-hmm. to say this to you too is many times in these discussions people speak in what I would call a prima facie way. In other words, the assumption is what you're saying is is an accepted thing. It's exactly. not accepted by everybody. Exactly. So I in in, in these discussions I want to make allowance for those, and I'm not trying to be wishy-washy at all, I'm just mm-hmm. saying, when you say, built on godly principles, uh, I'm guessing a Muslim could say, not on my God. Right. A, a Hindu could say, not on my God's. Right. Yeah, <laughs> right? it's, it's a on Buddhist on God. could say, yeah. there is no God. Uh, you know.
2: It's on the God of the Bible. Okay. it's on The scriptures, all morals that we have come from scripture, come from Genesis to Revelation, all the moral structure of the world. And I've told people for many, many years, you take, you take God out of society, You have chaos, because the structure that we have today came from that moral foundation.
1: So, you know, I think there's a lot of people that argue with you on that. There's a lot of people that argue with me. Because uh, what do you do with cultures that don't have a a God-based or a spiritual-based, and they still function?
2: Okay, well, so once again, let's look at that for a second. The reality is I use those two R words, religion, responsibility. Every culture in the world, it matters... Not where it's located. It has some form of religion. We were created by God as worshipers.
1: So can I ask you Can I ask you to do this? Mm-hmm. Can I ask you to preface all of this with you believe? Okay. Does that make sense? I could do that. Because you say, I believe this is what I, you know. And, and again, what I'm not trying to do is be wishy-washy. I just don't want to assume that anybody else believes that. And, I, and here's the reason I will tell mm-hmm. you that. I was once a pastor, right? and what I found to be effective was to say to people, I I can tell you about the claims of Christianity, but what I can't do is assume that you'll accept them. Exactly. Yeah, I can tell you what the Bible says. I can tell you what the Word of God says.
2: I can tell you the structure that things, once again, if you go back through history, I'm not talking about revised history, I'm talking about the history that's been here, uh, that's all uh, mandated or not mandated, but but uh, you could find throughout time it'll give that foundation that I believe was based on the things of God
1: and I think there's I don't think any honest historian would argue with the idea that there was an assumption of an assumption of general biblical truth culturally. In, in the 1700s in this in the you know 16 17 1800s a, a general accepted um, cultural idea now I understand there's deists and there were atheists certainly mm-hmm. but but generally I, there would very there would have been very few people that would have stood up on a street corner and said there is no god and got much traction right, right? okay right. so we can't really argue against the concept of this country. And the founding of this country being um, influenced highly by Judeo-Christian exactly. principles, correct? Exactly. Okay, exactly. so that's really not in, in the discussion. Yeah. it's, it's not an honestly. argument. It's not a discussion. It's, it's not, not a, an honest. So we one, go yeah. back
2: to our original statement of the separation of church and state. The the reality, when you go back and read that that structure, the historicity of that structure, it was for the purpose to keep the government out of the church instead of keeping the church out of the government, because that's what they came from when they left England. So They you wanted know, to keep the government yeah. from controlling religion, quote-unquote.
1: And they, and I think many people still do. Who would be calling your your phone? That's your phone, right? Uh, no, no, that's mine. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I think many people still believe that. But here's the the, the other thing is, um, you know, this, this piece of paper that we founded our country on is flexible. Mm-hmm. It is breathable. It can change. We can actually... Elect to take the words of any acknowledgment of God out of these exactly. pieces of paper, the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence. Mm-hmm. We we could vote to do that. We've we've changed the Constitution twenty-seven times. Yes, we could do it again, couldn't we?
2: We can. We could take God out of anything. They did it in sixty-three. They did it in seventy-three uh, when they when they elected to take prayer out of school. They did it in seventy-three when they elected to start of the abortion movement. They did it uh, over and over throughout time. When it once again comes that we want to get rid of the responsibility that religion advocates
1: so you think that the cultural changes that have attempted to dismiss any type of reference to religion is a matter of running from responsibility not really a a matter of an integrity to change things a different way
2: it's all for the most part what i believe rick is that it's for the purpose of I don't want to be responsible for my life. I want to do what I want to do, and when the big curtain comes down, I'm not going to answer for this. This is why This is why evolution has gra- gained the traction of this. Gra- this is why uh, various different religions, I mean, even in Christianity, there are a thousand different denominations and all these different beliefs. Why? We're trying to somehow neuter this concept, I think I can say that on the air, we're trying to eliminate or emasculate even this concept that there is somebody in charge of my life. And I can take into what I believe and what the scripture very plainly says. It's appointed unto man once to die. But after this, there is a judgment.
1: You know what I'd like to do is I'd love to get a call uh from somebody who is a legitimate a legitimate atheist or a legitimate agnostic i don't want to I don't want a sarcastic call, and I know we have plenty of you out there. by the way, I love you to death because I'm that you know i i would I would love to call in uh to, and be sarcastic but if if you are a legitimate uh non- unbeliever nonbeliever, uh agnostic atheist, give me a call at eight seven seven nine seven one one oh five one I would like to know what your thoughts are on this, what questions you might have for my guest, uh, Pastor Tim Masters, who is the pastor of... Victorious Life Christian Center. <clears throat> yes, uh, here in Flagstaff. Uh, because I-, I think it's legitimate, I think it's very legitimate to um, have a public discussion on these things. right? I'm, I'm in agreement. Yeah. So uh, we're going to take some calls in just a second. I'm going to take a quick break here. This is 4 o'clock talk. My guest is Tim Masters. He is a uh, pastor here in town a very ardent believer in, I, I, can I just say it this way, conservative Christianity? in, in sense, much right? So. Okay, yeah. Give me a call, 877-971-1051. We'll be right
0: back. More stimulating talk. 105.1 The Big Talker. Now back to 4 o'clock talk with host Rick Crew.
1: And uh, I think I'm going to hell. No, I don't think I'm going to hell. <laughs> My guest in the other seat is Pastor Tim Masters uh, with the Victorious Life Christian Center here in Flagstaff. I wanted to have him in because he uh, represents his views and the Christian faith. Although I got to tell you, I I have a little difficult time calling it the Christian religion. I know most people do, but I I just uh, because first off, I adhere to the teachings of Jesus but I don't think I do it because of religious reasons. I think I do it because of what the relationship's about. Is that Am I off on this well, one? Well, here's
2: the, here's the whole issue, and I like to put it. I'm, I'm a simple guy. I, I tell people all the time, I'm too simple to be deep. Religion was man's attempt to reach God, and the reality is, is if you were going to start a religion, you definitely would not have a Bible, not the Bible that we believe. Why? Because the Bible has rules, has regulations, responsibilities. But something happened 2,000 years ago, God so loved us so much that He gave His only Son to come into the world to die for us that whoever would believe in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. The point I'm making is God said, I don't want to just be a God that's sitting in the thrones of heaven talking to you. I want to have a personal relationship. So I'm going to come, and I'm going to build a relationship with you. Religion is man's attempt to reach God. Jesus Christ is God's attempt to reach man which is through a personal relationship.
1: Okay, so how we were talking earlier about um, this, you know, the culturally got in, got out. What would a culture look like to you and your understanding if, in fact, we uh, systematically removed any reference to a higher being at all, that we became, in fact, at the highest point, humanists, what would it look like? And 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 the reason I'm asking, and I'm going to back this up with a second one, is Mm -hmm. there are some cultures that actually do this. They're not living in chaos. Mm -hmm. So what would it look like to you?
2: Well, the truest sense of the word, though, Rick, is these cultures that you say do this, they really don't because they have a moral structure of sorts. This is what the Scripture says in the book of Kings. It says in Judges, every man, when there is no rule, when there is no king, when there is no leader, everyone does what's right in his own eyes. Well, we have the terminology today. It's called relativism. In other words, what you think is right might be right for you, but it might be wrong for me. What I think is right might be right for me, but wrong for you. So this isn't is relative.
1: But isn't there some truth to that?
2: Not actually. Why? Because once again, if you have that, then where do you have a moral foundation?
1: But isn't, for instance, uh, the the rights and wrongs? You know, you have you have Amish who have uh, distanced themselves. I've got to tell you, I, I'd love to talk to an Amish. Person, because I'd like to find out why did they pick the 18th century to get stuck in? Why not the 19th 20s or why not the 16th century? What about the 12th century? Anyway, I, that's just a tangent. But they they have decided to separate themselves from the culture so much that anything that smacks of modernism is wrong for them. Is Do you know, it, know why? Uh, is it wrong then?
2: Very simply, what it is. I, this is some of the things that that I teach. These is it okay for okay you to drive a car? And a
1: sin for okay. them. It,
2: they choose to do that. Why? Because they have a concept that I want to have pride in what I do. I don't want pride to have me. And so when we start to grab a hold of this world system, the Bible calls it mammon. Okay, It's very simplistic, put money or materialism. When that system starts getting a hold of me, I can no longer in the truest sense of the word serve God, the God of the Bible. And so if I can uh, keep myself separated from that as much as is possible, I have the least ability to fall into that temptation. And that's what the Amish do. That's what many religions do.
1: But, but you know, it sounds relativist to me. I mean, is, I get that that, but it's to them it's, I mean, if you drive a car, it's okay. To them it's sin. So isn't that relativism? No,
2: not at all. Because they say, just like, just like me, okay, I'm a pastor, I'm a Christian. I believe that I live my life according to Word of God. If somebody else calls themselves a Christian, they live their lives according to the Word of God. If you don't call yourself a Christian, it's your choice. You live your life the way you want to. It doesn't make it right or wrong. It makes it what you want to do. When I set the structure that the Word of God has set in place, then I have to choose to follow those parameters. You said and, there's
1: you said there's a thousand denominations of the Christian faith alone. Well, that's the numbers that I. Which I've one's gotten. the right one?
2: Uh, Jesus Christ.
1: Which one is the right one then? Jesus on. Christ, yeah. Him. Paul said these words uh, that I. You're not going to take. You're not going to. You, know, you don't think one is righter than the other writers? Uh,
2: I think the ones that follow the Word of God, book to book, cover to cover. You know, you start pulling things out of the Bible to make it so, say what you want. So
1: some uh, clearly have uh, defined out some things, but I mean, generally, you know, you look at Baptist, Methodist, Episcopalian. Uh, I don't know. Uh, go on down the list. They kind of all look the same. Yet they all claim some sort of exclusivity. How does that work? They develop a doctrine,
2: once again. And the word doctrine is just a fancy word for teaching. That's all doctrine. The word doctrine means teaching. So they developed a teaching that they cling to. They've taken a portion of Scripture, and they've built a denomination on it. I've, told, I've preached this in our church. I've told people for years. If you take eternal security away, you don't have Baptists anymore if you take entire sanctification away, so you know i got you, you don't I have don't, nazarene anymore
1: i'm i'm simpler than you clearly when you say eternal security what do you mean by that
2: well once saved always saved in other words the you pray a prayer that, and you now you can do you can live basically the life you want to live and god's going to be okay with it okay. which is not what the word of god teaches but that's what a doctor so, teaches
1: yeah without using the churchianity or the you know the ch- big words yeah, i want to stay away from that yeah and the reason is is i, I don't mind using them i mean i you know i, I but i want to make sure that we're saying at least what everybody can grasp. I'm not saying our listeners are stupid. They're not. Some of those words really are. I mean, you don't say them in church even anymore. They're, they're archaic. Yeah. Okay. They don't archaic, use them anymore. Yeah. So do you use King James Bible or NIV or I Greek? use several
2: different denominations or excuse me, several yeah. different uh, translations okay. of the scripture. What I try to do is I try, I try very much, Rick, to, to look at the scripture I'm using and say, okay, Let's go back. You know, I've been through Greek. I've been through Hebrew. Am I proficient? in Either one of them? Not at all. OK, I'm not even uh, proficient
1: in English. So
2: but I, yeah. I know very well how to use lexicons and concordances and things like that. And so I try to bring the, the passage out of a translation, if you will, that makes it the simplest for those that are hearing. You just said it to get rid of some of the terminologies that are that are foreign to people today to where they mo- most generally will understand it.
1: What do you say to the person that says uh, maybe the person who's not a believer in Jesus or somebody who's like a kind of a, a hope to be, want to be? Maybe they're curious. They're not quite there yet, and they say, "Yeah, there are a thousand denominations. Once you guys get your act together, maybe I'll listen to you. But until then, you're nuts." Yeah, you, uh, you know they. I think uh, uh, Gandhi said, "You know, I like your Christ. I just don't like your Christ people." That's right. I, and I would say that don't don't you think much of the world around us looks at this and says you guys are you're idiots you're clueless you're, you can't agree on anything
2: once again you, you go back to the same thing we talked about a few minutes ago religion and responsibility we try to curb or, or put the curve out there as much as we can to make it as inclusive as we can so if you're part of my church this is the direction we go you're part of that church you say what do i tell them i say get a bible get the word of god okay most people would go to the 1611 King James Version, okay? From that, they'll go to the, the, the 1984 New International Version because that hope to get mostly into the language we have today. Uh, so I, I just tell them, uh, I'll recommend a good Bible, okay? And say, get in there, find a good faith-based church, one that preaches Jesus Christ, okay? There's so many, you, you made this statement at the beginning, talking about God. It's very ambiguous talking about God. Everybody's got a God. One of the things I do is I bring it down to the bottom. It's Jesus Christ. You see, it was not me that made Jesus' statement. It was not Victorious Life that made Jesus' statement. What statement am I talking about? In the Book of John, he said, "I am the way, the truth, and the life. I got
1: to tell you, that is uh, that is the one statement. That is I the think one that uh, in the entire Bible really ticks people off it does because if you're saying that Je- are you saying let me ask it this way are you saying Jesus claimed exclusivity exactly so if he claimed exclusivity then Muhammad is wrong you said it okay, no I'm just saying if you know if he claimed exclusivity then the the Buddha and and the Confucius is wrong
2: Krishna Buddha yeah, Confucius right. Muhammad okay.
1: yeah so so it, if Jesus is correct in his claim, then then everything else is not Josh McDowell. The said way better. to
2: God. He's either a lunatic, a liar, or he's Lord. And the bottom line is Christianity, the Word of God, is the only quote unquote religious book that challenges you to prove itself. And it does through past and future. Every prophecy, of the word of God has proclaimed, has come, or is coming to pass. So how do you 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 explain
1: uh, the argument that the Bible is just written by a bunch of men, and it's been changed many, many times, and it's not reliable. It's as reliable as Shakespeare, if there really was such a man named William Shakespeare. It's reliable as Chaucer, if you can even actually understand what he had to say. And it was, you know, come on, it's just a book collected by a bunch of guys.
2: Well, what the Scripture says, once again, my foundation is the Word of God, okay, it says that holy men of God were moved upon by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, but that's and you can't, these yeah. words. Here's the problem. Okay? You so can't, here's circular you, but, reasoning. Yeah, it okay? is circular But the reality yeah. is, it proves itself. Once again, you can take the Book of Mormon, it's got holes all through it. You can take uh, Mormon or uh, 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 Islam, you can take all the different religions of the world, and there's massive blanks, there's massive violations and, and invalidations. But the Word of God, from Genesis to Revelation can be proven. But don't, don't. uh, uh,
1: There's a lot that can't be proven, clearly. You can't prove there was a star in the east. You can't prove the virgin birth. You can't prove any of that.
2: If you go through NASA's website, you go through the actual structure, they follow the stars. And you know what about stars? They're constant. This is why the whole blood moon thing that's happening right now. Okay, this is why they knew it was going to happen. They knew when it's happened, and they knew when it's going to happen again. They know all of these different things. This current tetra of blood moons, they uh, say it will not happen again for almost 600 years. So that would take notice of looking up. So the star in the east, they've actually taken down, and you can go through NASA's website and follow their star charts, and when that time was supposed to be. They see an, an aligning, and I can't think of the names of the stars right now, but Saturn and Jupiter, a bunch of them, lined up together and produced what they called at that time the King Star. And so, was that the thing that happened over Bethlehem?
1: Because at that time they wouldn't have thought of those as planets anyway. Exactly, they, just they had no, they, far, you know, yeah.
2: they they looked at it from the paradigm. That so they let had me at that let me get
1: back, and, and uh, I want to I want to challenge you just a little bit more on this. Not a worry. The Bible claims it's true. I got to tell you, that, uh, a self-proclamation of its own truth, I don't know. How do you, uh, you know, it says it's true, therefore it's true. Doesn't it come down to something else? It says it's true,
2: therefore it's true, but history, forget just the writing of the words, history proves it. You can find the stuff that you can archaeologically find, which is one of the problems they're having in the Middle East. Every time they try to prove Israel wasn't in the land of Israel, they find thousands of years old of of archaeological finds that prove Israel was there. So history itself proves the Word of God.
1: I guess what I'm asking is, at some core level, doesn't it just come down to a matter of faith? I don't mean blind faith, I don't mean stupid faith, but listen... I believe there was an Abraham Lincoln. There's lots of evidence for Abraham Lincoln. Yep. I believe there was a yep. Chaucer, if I can yep. ever say his name. I believe there, you know, I believe a lot of history is mm-hmm. accurate, but I've never seen it. I, I've only seen yep. writings about it. I've never even seen you know, uh, some of the statues and things. At some point, I just believe that somebody told me the truth.
2: If I take you into Scripture for a moment, take you to the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, the Bible says that without faith, In the sixth verse, it's impossible to please God. For those that come to God must first believe that He is. You can't even believe unless you believe there's God. You've got to believe that there's someone higher, that there's God in the universe that is the orchestrator of everything. And then when you believe that and you accept that, that He said He's a rewarder of those that diligently believe. Once again, I go back to Jesus. In in John 3... We, we love the passage that says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. But so many people stop there and say, Wow, yes, He loves all of us. Well, Galatians tells us that we're only children of God through faith in Jesus Christ. But let me go on to 17 and 18 of John 3. It says, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. But then here's the catcher. But the world is condemned already because they've chosen not to believe in the only begotten Son of God. So
1: this is where we start turning into the idea that, uh, you know, one of the problems is that so many Christians are so judgmental. Yes. I hate gays. I hate fags. I hate uh, whores. I hate, you know, and you go down this list and we use these words and, and, uh, you know, that, that are not just demeaning, but they're they're intended to diminish the value even of the human and and you know Christians they'll stand in the street corner and they'll bash you and if you get divorced you don't go oh man don't go back to that church they hate you yeah. so how do you deal with what i think is legitimate criticism in a lot of ways mm-hmm. right for instance it's a le- it's legitimate to say democrats tend to lean to the left on the political spectrum it's legitimate to say republicans tend to lean to the right it's also legitimate to to say Christianity and Christians have tended to be hyper judgmental.
2: The problem is, the Bible isn't. See, God never says he hates gays. God never says he hates divorce. I mean he hates divorce. He says that. God doesn't say he hates. God God says I hate sin. Okay? And the Bible says in Romans chapter three, all have sinned. You have, I have. Doesn't make a difference. All have sinned. All we're doing is we're living the life of sin. Okay, but we have the choice of coming out of that life but it's a decision we have to make once again we go okay, back I, I guess I get the, I get the Bible part of it so what, when the but, Christians do that yeah. they're violating the scripture it's not we Jesus didn't come to condemn but to save okay. okay and that's what the word judgment really means when the Bible says judge not lest ye be judged what it's talking about is do not condemn that person because in condemning that person you become God and God's the judge. God is the one that's going to call whatever at the so end. So, can I not discern? I. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, once again, if you're a Christian, once again, I go back to what the Word of God says. If you call yourself a Christian and you choose to live a Christian life, God says I can judge that. I like to put it this way We are people that are supposed to be producing fruit. So, God has called us to be fruit inspectors. I can't judge your root but I can judge your fruit.
1: Oh, there, that's a, that'll preach, brother. Yes, it does. That'll preach, brother. Ha!
2: Sorry. And so that's the reality is we, we sit down, and, and I look at I look at Rick doing something wrong. I look at somebody else doing something wrong. Are they having a bad day? Is there something that they're dealing with that I don't know about? Should I come in there with a hammer of judgment, or should I come in
1: there with a hand? Can I lift you up a Our, little bit? Are homosexuals uh, welcome at your church? Yes, they are. Are um, uh, unwed, pregnant uh, yes, women? Yes, they are. Yeah. Are divorced people? Yes, they are. So how, how do you show that welcomeness?
2: Just very welcoming. Our people, one of, the, one of the greatest testimonies that I have at Victorious Life, and I've been told this many, many, many times, is, Pastor, your church is one of the most welcoming churches I've ever been into. Here's something that I've taught for years. If I wanted to know what the pastor was like in any church in Flagstaff, all I have to do is walk into that church and meet the people. If I want to know what the people are like at any church in Flagstaff, I don't ever have to go to that church. All I have to do is meet the pastor. Because they take, they become a product of the association. They take on the air of each other. And so that's one of the greatest compliments that I've had at Victorious Life is we've never been to a more warm, welcoming church.
1: Okay, so, I, I, yeah. but But there's so many Christians that are judgmental. They are. Oh, my goodness. Uh, you've seen it, right? Who are, they going tell me see it. Who are they going to answer to for well, that? Well, I understand that. Okay. All right, and we so, have Jack, Jack yeah. from Verde Valley has a question uh, about Jesus' political leanings. Jack, you're on the air.
0: Well, yeah, man. Hey, what, one thing y'all uh, say about them being judgmental, I wonder about uh, you know, all these Christians say, oh, uh, Mormons aren't Christians, but they're Christians, right? I mean, they follow uh, Jesus just like, uh, just like Lutheran, Baptist, or what have you.
2: Mormons in or out? Biblically, Mormons are not Thank Christians. Thank you, Jack. Okay. Biblically, they're not. Why? Because they serve a different Jesus. They, uh, We don't have time to get into the doctrine of Mormonism, which I could very well do for you. But in a biblical standard, they're not. They preach a, another God, another Christ. So and Paul does, says these words do they have
1: in, a problem? Uh, would they have a problem with being told that they're not Christians? Oh, so they do. Okay. They do have a problem. So their claim is that they're Christians. They do. Okay. Yeah. But your claim... According to the Word of God, they're
2: not. Okay. Not my claim, according to God's Word. See, Paul said these words in the book of Galatians. If I preach another Christ, or even an angel from heaven, preach anything other than what God's Word has already established, let that that person be accursed. Okay? There's only one way. Once again, we go back to that controversial statement. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. And And so I conclude this statement by saying what Paul said. He said I'm convinced to know nothing but Jesus Christ and him crucified. Bottom line.
1: So your belief then is that there is a fairly tight view of the Bible itself.
2: Once again I go back to God's word. God says Well, that's
1: the that's what I'm talking about. The Bible. narrow is the way yeah.
2: that leads to heaven. Broad is the way how do you know that you, leads to destruction. How do you know you've got that? because I've accepted Jesus Christ as my lord and savior. No, sacred. no, no. How do
1: you know that you've got the narrow way and everybody else is broad? I go by
2: a book that has no has no uh, invalidations to it. I go by the word of God that has been the same once again toward and to Jesus, the same yesterday, today and forever. You can go back once again, forget about religiously, you can go back historically and the Bible proves itself every single step of the way.
1: My guest is Tim Masters. He is the pastor of Victorious Life Christian Center here in town. Uh, by the way, anybody of any religious slant is welcome on this show. I would ask you the same questions, and I hope the questions have seemed fair and balanced. Uh, to coin a phrase, no one has ever said that phrase before, Tim. Uh, yeah, once or twice ever. maybe. No, no, no. No, no I, first time? First time right oh, here this on this show. It's 4 o'clock talk. My name is Rick In Just a second, I'm going to come back with you, Tim. We're going to have a, a rapid-fire uh, question. I want to ask you some questions about some things. Give me a call at 877-971-1051 or 779-5954.
0: I'll be right back. You're listening to 4 o'clock talk on 105.1 The Big Talker. 105.1 The Big Talker. Reach 4 o'clock talk at 877-971-1051. Now back to 4 o'clock talk with Rick Crew.
1: That would be me and my guest in the other seat is Tim Masters. Uh, I wish Tim I wish you were a little bit more certain about what you believe. You just seem so un <laughs> I am totally convinced of what yeah, I believe. I know you are. And I appreciate that and you've obviously studied this. My uh, another question I have too is in in all of your study, do you ever do you ever like really question and say, you know, I maybe this isn't right. Maybe I've Maybe this is a lie.
2: Let me, let me share a thought that and by I've by the way, with.
1: i got two people holding on, on the lines. Hold on. I will get to you. I promise. Go
2: ahead. One of the things that I've dealt with in my 30-plus in my years of pastoring and my you know, 35, almost 40 years of Christianity, I've sat down and I've had many doubts go through my mind. But that's all they do is they go through. Because I actually believe that doubt is a product of faith. It makes you question and challenge the authenticity to authenticate what we believe and that's what the word of god it never calls us for blind faith never it tells us choose and seek and 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 look and ask that's what the word of god always uh, tells us to do it doesn't say just to believe but the reality in many times in our lives we have to believe to get from where we live which is unbelief
1: we got mike and williams you're on the air mike did you hang up on me yeah, I think Mike did. Sorry about that, Mike. I know sometimes it takes a while to get you in here. So We also have another call. Uh, let's see, what do we have here? This is Mark in Williams. You have a question about Mormons. Mark? Yes. You're on um, air, sir.
0: I didn't quite understand your comment a minute ago about Mormons uh, worshiping being a different Christ.
2: Well, what Mormonism, if you ever delve into the Scriptures— of Mormonism, it actually teaches that Jesus and Lucifer are brothers, that they're both created beings, and that, uh, that they fought this celestial battle to see who would become the savior of the world. And this is simple Mormon doctrine. And so what has happened is they teach a different religion, and basically the only, re- the only religion, and I use that word very loosely, in the world that is faith-based is Christianity, Every other religion is works-based. That's why you have a two-year mission you have to go on. That's why uh, the Mormons, not you, Mark. I'm not sure if that's where you're coming from. But these are the things that they teach. Now, the Bible teaches that Jesus has ever been. He's never. He's not a created being. That Lucifer is a created being. So right there is contradiction of Scripture. Mark, did that make sense? Well, I'd
0: have to study that a little bit more, but I do have a challenge for you there, uh, Pastor. Yes, sir. You know, unless you have ever read the Book of Mormon.
2: I've read the Book of Mormon. I've read the the Pearl of Great Price. I've read them all. Sincerely prayed about it. Yeah. You would would understand.
1: Yeah. And I know the terminology. Thank you, Mark, very much for that uh, call. I really appreciate it. You appreciate it, Mark. Keep going.
2: See, that's, that's the terminologies. That's what they do. Is they talk about this fire burning inside. This is what Mormonism teaches, and they try to get you to buy in because you have this thing burning inside. The problem is, is the scriptures themselves that they use, the Book of Mormon, the, the uh, Pearl of Great Price, the different doctrines and covenants that they choose to abide by are contrary, number one, of the Word of God, but even themselves. Do so let not me let agree. me
1: let me be fair uh, about uh, something you did say because I think it's uh-huh. I, I think it's it's necessary to be fair. The Mormons that I know do not simply talk about it as a burning. I think the belief is, and somebody that is of the Mormon LDS faith, go ahead and call in if you want to correct me on this. I think the belief, their faith uh-huh. system, says that if you read their writings, the Book of Mormon, the Polar Great Press, the Doctrine and Covenants, and the King James Version, insofar as it is properly uh, translated. If you believe it, they their belief is an honest heart will come to their conclusions. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think it's merely a matter of a magical thing. I just want to be fair to their well, Let's take
2: it and that's a very that's a valid that way sense? to look at yeah. it. it makes perfect sense. Yeah. But here's the difficulty. Once again, let's take religion out of it. Let's take the spirituality out of it. And let's look at the writings for what they are. The historical part of Mormonism. Virtually can't be proved. There's lots of other things about it that decimates the religion. And so it's just one so of I those things. So I take it, you're not
1: a Mormon fan. I'm not. Right?
2: Well, I love Mormons. They yeah. are no, one no, of the most. That. Yeah. I love the Mormon uh, family structure. I love. I wish more Christians would actually
1: take those. Why? Because they took that out of the Word of God. Four o'clock talk. You are on the air with Rick and Pastor Tim.
0: Hi. I just wanted to say that Mormonism is obviously Christian because. It said that God cursed the Native Americans and the black people by giving them non-white skin. And I would say, obviously, God is a white supremacist, right? So,
1: so you know, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> no, you're go. totally wrong in yeah. that.
2: You're totally off base. Exactly. Uh, no,
1: in fact, there's no, uh, there is no place in the entire Bible, this much I am certain, not at all. Of, that says not at all. God cursed anybody with skin color. Not at all. Or, or blessed them with skin yeah. color. There's nothing in the entire Bible not at all. about the beauty or absence of beauty of any type of skin exactly. color at all. I do not believe that God's a racist.
2: God is truly colorblind.
1: I believe He is, yeah. yeah. I mean, if he, if he created all of us, yeah. he, or any well, of the us. Well, the truth he, is, yeah. and I'll
2: make a hard statement, you can't be a Christian if you are racist. You can't be a Christian if you're not colorblind. Why? Because it's contrary. It is totally uh, juxtaposed against the
1: things of God. How did, how did the... The white supremacists and Hitler and other uh, clearly evil uh, movements co-opt the message then. Well, they very, very simply,
2: if you want to look at this, uh, once again, if we look at it, what was the purpose behind it? I have to get spiritual here just for a second, and I have to get ethereal. There is one battle going on. It's the same battle since the foundation of the world. So
1: you believe that there is a battle happening?
2: There is a battle between God and Satan. Okay. There is one religious battle going on in the world. It is between Isaac and Jacob. all the wars of the world, okay? You've got one movement. So
1: Isaac and Jacob uh, were sons of
2: Jacob Jacob was uh, I mean I'm sorry, Isaac and Ishmael, Ishmael uh, yeah. or Jacob and Ishmael, I'm sorry. Uh, I said that wrong. Isaac and Jacob were father's son, okay? Isaac and Ishmael. Our Ishmael is the founder, the progenitor of the Muslim movement, if you will. Okay? Jacob is the founder of the Christian Actually, movement. Actually, not the, the Muslim Jewish movement at all. Islam. the Arab people. Arab people. Yes, yeah. not the movement. Yeah, In fact, there, there was no Muslim movement. I stand movement. corrected. Yeah, yeah. I, I just stand wanna, corrected. Just make sure. That didn't come until about 600.
1: That's okay. But there is a fight yes. between the Jewish nation yes. who claims the, its heritage with uh, uh, Isaac and the Muslim, um, the Arab people who claimed their heritage was with Ishmael. Ishmael. Both were sons of the man, say man. Moses. I mean, I'm no, sorry, Abraham. Abraham, Abraham. Abraham. Right. Yeah. And because of Abraham's um, unwillingness to hang out and wait long enough, he had two sons and they yep. became mortal enemies. And, and we had one have by it. the
2: mother of Hagar, yes. and the other one by Sarah. Yes. Right.
1: And so there there is that. And that, I think that is a. a the t-
2: statement I was trying to make was the battle between light and darkness the battle between heaven and hell, God and Satan. And that battle is for our
1: souls. What do you say to people who don't believe in the existence of true evil? And, and, and I think it is a growing movement right now. Many people who simply, and in fact, I have a friend who is very strong in this, and this, the only reason I can speak to this is because I've talked with her more than once about this, that in fact, evil doesn't exist. What exists is the, uh, the opportunities are lacking for some people. That, in fact, I wouldn't do anything to harm another human if I was raised in an environment that was loving and caring, and I would make the right choices all the time. And what is happening right now is really, if we would just allow people to make the right choices and take care of them and love them, there would be peace on earth. What do you say to that? Because they just deny the existence of evil completely.
2: They deny it. And the sad reality to deny it is is a very a very uh, vain and very um, narcissistic way to look at things. Why? Because some of the people that have done the greatest evil in the world are the most well-to-do people. It had nothing to do with poverty. They had, they had everything. And they committed great uh, scenes of atrocity. Okay? Some of the most impoverished people have done the greatest good. So how do you correlate... That one is a lack of something or an, an overbearing of something else.
1: Well, that's a good—I don't know. I, see, that's I, I'm they, not, I don't know their case. See, so they don't, don't
2: have—my the, my concern in all of this is they really don't have a foundation. All they have is wishful thinking, that all of a sudden I could bury my head in the sand and evil doesn't really exist. So if I think it doesn't exist, it doesn't exist. So, you
1: know, you see all the, uh, p- uh, the, the shootings that go on and— yeah. People, the first question, the first single single-worded question everybody asks is why. Mm-hmm. We always want that why. We want to wrap our brains around it. If we can't figure out why, we keep trying to figure out why. And, you know, the why, never, it, we never get to the why. Never get to the why. The
2: problem that I, that I see in so many things, I, I, I preach in our church, and I, I, our Wednesday nights are the nights that I love the most because I'm able to just open the Bible up and say, what do you want to talk about? And it doesn't matter what subject, we go on the Word of God, because I know one thing. I don't know all the answers, I just know where to find them all. And so you have these people that look for the why, and I, I'm always taken back to a scripture in Deuteronomy that says the secret things belong to God, but the things that are revealed belong to us and our children forever. We have to believe that God's goodness is... Outweighs the enemy's evilness.
1: So, that's a little rapid-fire question here. Sure. Do you mind if I just go through, and I'll just, and if the question goes too long, it's going to cut you off. How's that? Go ahead. <laughs> okay, Jesus himself, Democrat, Republican.
2: I don't mm. think he's political at all.
1: Okay, what would he lean toward?
2: He would lean toward the morals that would hopefully be advocated in the Republican Party.
1: Okay, Jesus, pro-choice or pro-abortion? I mean, pro- pro-life. 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 Jesus, uh, pro. Uh, Feed all the poor, or pro uh, self uh, sufficiency. Uh,
2: self sufficiency in what capacity? As far as earning for yourself and working for yourself and taking care of yourself, he would be
1: pro both. Okay, to try to take care of both. Yeah. All right. It, uh, Jesus, forgiver or condemner? Forgiver. Okay. What about what about Jesus dying on the cross? The fact that we don't have physical evidence of this. Event. How do we deal with that?
2: You have historical evidence, not just God's word. You can go back to the historical writings of the people that were eyewitnesses. One is Flavius Josephus. He was there, he wrote of it. There's lots of historical evidence that actually. And Josephus, truths. by the way, is
1: not a biblical writer. Nope. He was, a ver- so he was he not even a believer. Okay. He was a Jewish historian. Yep. Didn't have a bias toward trying all. to support. This, right? Right. Flavius
2: Josephus wrote from a very historical and very secular perspective of an event that really happened.
1: Okay, Jesus, uh, free enterprise or or socialism? Free enterprise. Really? Mm -hmm. Really? Jesus would be—so if I said I want to be a socialist, I'm sinning?
2: No. The reality, you ask these questions that basically both have the same answers. Jesus wants us to improve. He wants us to be bettering ourselves for the purpose of bettering others. There's no place in the word of God. The Bible says, let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who became a servant that he could lift everybody else up. That That sounds like a socialist. Not at all, because you have to have socialism. You've got to have somebody making the resources to take care of those people. So you've got to have free enterprise to facilitate people. If you don't have it, then guess what? It only exists for so much so much time.
1: Pastor Tim Masters, I want to tell you, he took some hard shots and some hard questions, I think, anyway. Hope I didn't let you get away with anything. Thank you so much for being with me today. This is 4 O'Clock Talk. My name is Rick Krug. I'll see you tomorrow.